You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge. Tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. In astrology, my son is in the seventh house in my birth chart. So this means the theme of my life is relationships. All about one-on-one relationships, especially romantic relationships. That explains my birth chart so much. You know, I got married at the ripe age of 24, engaged at 21. It makes me cringe to look back and think that I knew what I was doing back then because I didn't. But then that cringe goes away once I realize, oh, it is in my stardust DNA to come here to experience relationships and learn and grow through them. So it makes perfect sense that I would get married so young, divorced also so young, and then be in a relationship with someone with children and a co-parenting situation. You know, at times when I want to throw my ego up and my hands up and say, fuck this, I can't do it. I remember this, that my son is in the seventh house. I came here to live and experience the richness, the ups and the downs, the pain and the joy of relationships. So with that being said, I want to remind you guys that I now do astrology synastry readings. Synastry readings are where I take your birth chart and your partner's birth chart. But remember, this could also be your child, your mom, your best friend, a co-worker, anybody. It's the study of two birth charts placed on top of each other to see the strengths and the weaknesses in relationships. And I love it because there's so many telltale signs of, is this person your twin flame? Well, is your Jupiter in their 12th house? That's the twin flame mark. Um, me and this person want to have children. Is that in the stars? I'll look for planets in the fifth house. It's so much fun. So here's your friendly reminder that I now do those readings. And you can find them at lightworkers-lounge.com. Click on birth chart readings, synastry readings. I'll put it in the show notes too. So... This episode, I brought on my partner, my lover, my king, my beloved, my other half, my best friend, JL, also known as Baby J. He so bravely, so vulnerably came on the show and we talk about what we go through as two people who have been previously married before and divorced. We talk a lot about how difficult co-parenting is for both sides, not just the person without kids, but also for the person with kids. And we just talk very openly and candidly about all of our past previous relationships, our previous sex lives. Um, We share a lot of things that we've both gone through that we've kind of kept hush-hush for a little while while we figured them out and navigated through it. And we did, and we survived. We came out the other end, and now we feel ready to share it in hopes that other people listening can learn or just not feel so alone in what they're growing through. So please listen to this with an open mind, an open heart. We had so much fun recording it. Also felt a lot of emotions. There are times in the episode where you will see our traumas and our triggers in action, and you'll actually see us work through them in action. It's a really heartfelt episode, much different from the interviews we've been doing lately. So I hope you listen to this with, again, an open heart, open ears, open mind, and I hope you learn a thing or two about yourself and how you show up in relationships. So without further ado, here is our relationship Q&A, everything relationships, everything love with my partner,
threshold into being comfortable farting and pooping in front of each other. Oh, God, that was not too, too long ago. <laughs> yeah, that threshold was not too, too long ago. I, from day one, I was comfortable pooping around you. I did on the first night we spent together. Yeah, I was going to say, I found out yesterday that after all this time, I had no idea that you just took a shit the literal night that we hung out together. In the bathroom together. with the door open. And as I was sitting said, there. It's kind of weird to hear your voice in person after listening to it on audio messages so As well. you were holding a fart in, I was saying, God, this is just surreal to hear your to hear your voice and you're in there pooping i had no idea until now i was letting it all out you're my best friend i know i genuinely thought of you as my best friend we were sharing a room together and your best friend you can fart in front of and just be yourself not wear any makeup yeah i agree and i was just saying to you like we've never gone on like a real date where i got to get all dolled up and pretty and put on a dress and you pick me up we've never done that we haven't COVID. we've done the exact opposite we go to big ben i never wear makeup we wear the same clothes for three days in a row <laughs> well she said one time she's like we haven't gone on a real date i was like excuse a fucking me we've we have been to telluride hiking we have been to big bend we have camped kind of in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. we've had dinner in the middle of moab yeah. like a, a home-cooked meal on burners yeah, and it's that like was so sweet i was feeling just mentally down he, i don't like going to restaurants COVID or not i just think the whole concept's weird so you were like, okay, taking matters into my own Virgo hands. He went out, bought us a little propane stove. I was fighting time, too. Yeah, the sunset. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were just quick generator energy. And then you got all that, got the ingredients from the grocery, <clears throat> and then drove us out into the middle of nowhere. What is the park? Arches National Park. In the middle of nowhere out there. I mean, we took a back row we probably shouldn't have even been on. And then yeah. you just whipped out a meal on that propane <coughs> stove, <coughs> and then we laid on top of Remy, Momo. Nobby. Like, no, we name all of our cars. I'm losing track now. And we watch the stars. Like, that's a real date. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't wearing any makeup. In fact, I looked like the shittiest I ever have because I just cried in the shower for two hours. <laughs> I didn't wear makeup either. I showed up as who I am. So. But for you, I never feel self-conscious not wearing makeup around you. In fact, I think I feel more self-conscious wearing makeup around you because you're probably like, that's not my best friend. Don't wear that. I accept you as who you are you and do. how you are, but yeah, I've known you from since day, day one. one. You haven't been the person who's like slathering on makeup mm-hmm. and taking an hour and a half to get ready. Yeah, and you knew me. So for those, hi, welcome to Lightworkers Lounge. Your host, Stephanie Powers here, sitting next to my partner, my lover, my beloved, my king, my significant other, Baby J, as I call him, or Jordan. <laughs> Most call me Baby J. Yes, and we met through the podcast. Yes. It was quite serendipitous how we met. And I want to give the spark notes to give them an idea. I was going through some shit at the time. I was, I. I was cheating on my then spouse with a girl that it made no sense in my head. And there was just a lot of emotions going back and forth. And... The girl that I was actually seeing, the girlfriend, not the wife, had said, hey, you should listen to this podcast. I was like, okay, cool. So I listened to a few episodes and I'm like, oh my God, this is the person that I have to reach out to. She's probably isn't going to see whatever I write and, you know, but at least I need to dump this off my chest. And then if I do get a response, great. Maybe I'll get some good advice and be able to use it and grow and get past this situation. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I sent you a message you about my situation and here we are now. We talked like every single day since then that was january 2019 
Yeah. yeah, 2019. And um, I was also previously married, but I had just gone through a divorce six months prior, and I was doing the podcast as a hobby at first, and then once I went through my divorce, you know, guys, that's actually how Lightworkers Lounge really took off, is back in the archives from June 2018, I got divorced, and as soon as I left the courthouse, after <clears throat> all those heavy emor- emotions with the the moderator person where you sit down with them mm-hmm. and they're like okay who gets this who gets that who gets this who? and it's so weird that that day happens to be my five-year wedding anniversary haha <laughs> universe but uh i left and then i went to an airbnb and i closed the door it was at sunset and i pressed record and i just dumped how i was feeling and that episode really struck a chord with a lot of people so we are both previously married people mm-hmm. you have two little children mm-hmm. from yours i have a little pug from mine mm-hmm. and yeah you reached out on the podcast i was dating someone at the time you had your tough situation but the reason why i responded to your message because <clears throat> of course i get so many and only have so much time is because you were a male asking about twin flames yeah i had literally went back and told everybody even around me like <laughs> I, I know met I'm my cheating, twin flame. But I met my twin flame. Yeah, I was almost excited about it. I thought it was like a badge you're supposed to wear. I, I cringe, but I'm also so prideful because it means you're so honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I literally went to my, when everything blew up, I went to my spouse at the time. I was like, it's okay, don't worry. Like, this is supposed to happen. I met my twin flame. <laughs> and she was like, She was like, what like the I don't fuck? give a fuck about your twin flame shit. <laughs> she didn't even know. <laughs> no. Like, and I remember telling other people, and they were like, you sound fucking crazy. crazy. They were probably all like, wow, he needs <clears throat> to go to rehab or yeah. something. Because a lot of people don't understand the twin flame yep. dynamic. And that is how we met. You reached out about that. And I had released quite a few episodes about the twin flame, soulmate, karmic partner dynamic. It was a very big part of how my marriage ended as well. And so we talked about it a lot. And you openly shared everything with mm-hmm. me and we uh, then I openly shared everything about my story which probably five people know the truth about you being one of them now yeah and we just became instant we created that foundation of trust because you shared probably pieces of that really shitty chapter of your life with me that nobody else knows mm-hmm. about as did I with <clears throat> you so yeah we became quick friends and a lot of people probably don't believe it but we genuinely did not cross any boundaries of romantic for over a year of or, each other yeah right about eight months yeah about eight months from january to and then we met for the first time in person in august yeah i had just gone through a nasty breakup in colorado and i said fuck this i'm not living here anymore i'm going to live out my dreams in the keys colorado to florida i stopped in texas and i said hey we've been talking every day do you want to meet in person in lubbock texas but even that meetup even that meetup was i grabbed us yeah, coconut we and almond milk lattes and we sat in the back porch for 30 minutes talked before i had to and... check out of my airbnb and then we took off yeah but then i think both of our hearts were like just felt stretched thin yeah when we took off and you went south and i went east it was yeah. like this kind of feels wrong like my heart just i just swallowed it and accepted it because i was like there's no way like this dude's getting out of marriage with kids he lives in texas i don't want to fucking live in texas nor would i date someone with kids Ugh. So I'm going to live my dream in the Keys. and But I think both of our hearts, I mean, I can't speak for you, but it was kind of like... Uh, well, when you're when you're not good at making decisions, and, and the, it's proven fact that, like, up until then, like, I was not good at making decisions from the heart, the head, or the gut, like, nothing. So it's like, 
okay, well, I feel maybe a different way, but I felt a different way in the past. So it's like, you know, I don't know. You just get, you get caught up in what you've done in the past when you know you've done wrong. And it's like, well, wait, I felt feelings before the, I'm not really good at making decisions. So let's just fucking see what happens. Mm -hmm. But we just went right back to talking every single day, Mm -hmm. sending audio messages, video messages. And then, oh, we didn't talk about this in the last one. I was in Titusville. And I was filming myself in the back of a friend's pickup truck. And it happened mm-hmm. to be a male friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. We're not going to go into the details. But I remember hearing the song. That I put. It wasn't put playing on his truck. I added it to the story. Yeah. But you responded. That's when I, I knew said, that this is wait, 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 wait. I was like, what? I'm sitting in the back of a dude's truck. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm having fun. Like, look at this place. It's beautiful. Yeah. And you were I, like, huh. Okay. Yeah. All I right. said was, wait, 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 wait. So that's where it was actually born, that, probably. Yep, that is where I finally was like, oh, we're like dating. <laughs> you were like, oh, Without this Mexican thinks that I'm his burro. <laughs> what the heck? No, I don't even know at what point I realized you're Mexican. I didn't know your last name was Gonzalez. Literally until six months from now. I didn't know you were Hispanic until I a month ago. I knew you had kids for like the first three months. <laughs> We shared sh- a lot, but we didn't, like, I don't even think you knew I was dating someone. No, no, I didn't. I didn't know until, like, We genuinely talked about spirituality and our dreams. Mm-hmm. We just talked about our dreams with each other. We talked about dreams and goals. Mm-hmm. We were kind of accountability partners, but there was mm-hmm. still pieces of us that we were holding back, like, for whatever reason. You talked about your ex-wife and yeah. your ex-girlfriend always, and yeah. we talked about this to... To the day that you always spoke very kindly with both of them. Yeah. You never said anything bad. Mm-hmm. And I really respected you for that because I could only imagine what they were saying about you during the whole shitty chapter. Oh, yeah. 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 Speak speak kindly of people so, even when they speak shitty of you. Yeah. So we met through the podcast and then we met in person for the first time in Lubbock, Texas in August. And then I lived in the Keys and you kept doing your thing in Midland, Texas. And then we would have FaceTime dates. I think it became like a daily FaceTime thing. Yeah, well, so I remember sitting in my office and, like, doing paperwork, doing things. And we would literally sit on FaceTime where we were both working. working. And oh, I would realize, like, oh, shit, we hadn't even talked in the last five minutes. We're literally just sitting on FaceTime working That's together. Right. We did for, like, four <clears throat> hours one time. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I wow. I forgot about that. Yeah. But from the get-go, there was never, ever the notion or the feeling of, like, okay, at some point, I got to make her my girlfriend. Like, no. never. no. We joke about you never ever said like, wow, you're beautiful. Mm-mm. We never watched an Instagram story and said, wow, you look gorgeous. No. Ever. No, I, I never. never known. I never pulled up the, uh, hey, my name is Jordan. I just <laughs> felt like I should come over here and tell you my name. <laughs> no, you didn't. But you're right. Oh, my God. We would still FaceTime for hours and mm-hmm. at nighttime, too. Yeah. But uh, at one point, you were just like, I'm going to fly to the Keys and spend a weekend with you. And once you did, it was game over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think even booking that out there, I think it was like, I think the deep feeling, you know, might have been like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, make love to this person. Or, but but the conscious feeling was like, I'm just going to get the fuck away and go hang out with my best friend and yeah. like just have a good time. Yeah. Well, you did say that you kind of went into it with an expectation of, I think this is somebody I could date. And I was yeah. like, well, what if I denied your kiss? Or what if I was like, oh, no, you're my friend. What I'm a do? Virgo. I'd have been heartbroken. I'd have picked myself apart and I'd have got on a plane and went back to Texas and never text you again. No, you wouldn't have. 
Maybe. No. You would have still talked to me, but you probably yeah, would have been like, Ako Taco. Oh, yeah. I wasn't trying to kiss you anyway. I was just yeah. uh, reaching for a piece of rice in your hair. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, we definitely smooched the pooch. <laughs> yep. But first night, we were smooching and pooching. to spin together. Yeah. It was magical. And we talked about this in the last episode we recorded, that I wasn't triggered by anything. It, it didn't bother me. You had kids. Nothing you said or did could trigger me at all. You used to tell me about the girls you were dating. God. And I would give you advice on how to keep them. Like, none of that triggered me. Yeah. But the moment we had sex for the first time, everything triggered me. Yeah. So that is something I've been actively working on. It's because a good it thing. Was never, yeah, it was never anything you did. It was clear as day that it was my own inner child and inner wounds because I thought, he hasn't changed one bit. We just now have a sexual connection. Yeah. But he hasn't changed anything. But all of a sudden, everything was, ouchies. Yeah, same so, with me. Nothing nothing you ever did or said triggered me, but yet once I had that emotional attachment in that manner, the physical you attachment. yeah, you could you could put off the energy like you didn't want to spend time with me and my inner child of feeling abandoned yeah. came out, you know what I mean? Mhm. So, yeah. Sexual. Yeah. Sexual well, that's the story of us. Yeah. And we've recorded a lot of relationship podcasts. <clears throat> You used to have your own show called Battlefield Self where you really went deep into the growth yeah. that we have both gone through being together. Like, this shit is not easy. Mm-mm. We have a lot of... We both come with a lot of baggage. And it's so... Our relationship is the most beautiful yet the most difficult thing I've ever endured. And it's funny, our relationship synastry, which, by the way, I do synastry readings and, of course, I practice with our charts, says we are twin flames. Yeah. And I've had psychics and Akashic records and all these things confirm we are twin flames. So how ironic is it that we connected via the twin flame story thinking we had found ours. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it was us all along. But yeah. in one of our old episodes from this time last year, we say, I don't know what you're my soulmate, my twin flame, my karma. I don't care. I just yeah. care about how we make each other feel every day. Well, I guess I wouldn't, like, we were like, well, there's no titles on anything. Because once you get to, you're never completely evolved, like, mm-hmm. ever. But once you get to a certain space in your journey and you understand you're wrong about a lot of shit, like, our runner, you know how they explain the runner chaser phase of yeah. Twin Flames? It's like, fuck you, I'm out, blah, blah, blah. Well, our fuck you, I'm out was very simple, like, hey, I don't really want to be around you right now. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, space, run, chase a little. But it was never like... um Peace, deuce, out. You go back to the keys. I go here. Like we always, there was a level of respect that that kept the roller coaster very not so up and down. Just kind of on a very easy plane. Um, There's things that have happened that I'm sure we'll talk about that were like very low lows. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, respect was always served. Always. And we do have quite the spiritual connection in the bond because even at our lowest, when the whole world is just throwing daggers at us, I just look in your eyes. We have twin Scorpio moons. I'll just say it. When we make love, that is my barometer of, oh, are we repairable? Yeah. I think most couples fight and then release their anger and all the shit through mm-hmm. sex. We don't do that. We do it in a way to like pulse check, spiritual love check. Are we still in love? Because we definitely make love yeah it's easy we are connected in that way it's easy for our our ego bodies to come out in this human experience and and then you not to know what the fuck is going on but Mm -hmm. when you make love to somebody and you are 
inside of somebody Ooh. it's 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 kind of like an out-of-body experience and that's where you get to check your ego at the door and you enter this other room and it's like okay yeah we're still madly and in, meshed and in love on a spiritual level even if our ego bodies are even like the 3D f you sucks <laughs> yeah yeah so i think a lot of people follow us on instagram and see our pictures and our videos and the things i write and think man i mean i know it for a fact i coach people who go out here in dallas and they say did you find your baby jay tonight like people look at us as the poster children of a healthy beautiful perfect the notebook and i'm not gonna lie we do have that energy of yeah. ali and noah it's so, oh, yeah. so beautiful. Oh, I can cry just Go thinking back. about it. But God, do we, have we been through hell to get here? And it's not an easy relationship because I've been married, you've been married. That's just a lot from mm -hmm. the past. Those are people that don't go away. Like you said, my ex-husband, we don't have children together, but he's not going to go away. He will yeah. always be known as the person I was married to. Yeah. And you have two children. Ooh, that definitely doesn't go away. Yeah. So, we'll get into that because we did a Q&A on Instagram asking you guys what are some of your relationship questions you really want answered, whether it's about us or about your own lives, and you want to just dive into them? Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, you get your questions out. Ladies, if you were out looking for your baby Jay, <laughs> here's what you need to do. Look for the man who has done the most wrongs, but has continuously worked on making them right. That's, that is is what you're looking for you're not looking for a tatted up thick leg you know big booty baby jay <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people ask this like i can't find my dream partner how do you find your dream partner you don't no. you don't go looking you don't get on dating apps you don't go to the bar super dolled up like we were talking about this the other day because we were talking about opening a coffee shop or just like a community kitchen area mm -hmm. and we were like who do you find at a dark bar where you can't see, you can't, like bars are not conducive to connection. You go to a bar, it's loud as fuck, it's dark, so you can't see anyone, mm -hmm. you can't hear anyone. How do you foster? That is just like, ooh, I think I, I think I see a hot chick. I don't know, the lighting's pretty good. Yeah, well you, <laughs> most, you most people, like, you can't bullshit me on most, like, I've lived that life. I've been to the strip Blech. joints. I have been to the bars. I have been in my ego. I have attracted people that way and i promise you and i've watched it 100 percent of the time you attract the exact setting you are at you're gonna attract fake and dark like what most people who go out and get ready to go out exactly they get ready to go out they put a mask on yes women put tons of makeup men put a ton of cologne there's like a they complete cover up yeah on. they put it's a complete cover up you send a group of dudes out together and you're going to get a different attitude than if you were to get that same man at a fucking dog park somewhere by himself. So you were getting, you were getting a front. Mm -hmm. So finding somebody at a bar, you're better off going on Bumble. And I think those are the no. worst things ever. I do too. It's, it's not judging, but guys, I just, those are fun for <clears throat> fuck buddies. I really don't think. Those are desperation. Maybe we're going to trigger people by saying this. Good. But it's truly what I believe. Those are where people who are desperate for connection, for sex, or physical touch, for someone to give them emotional connection. That's where they go perfect example of how we found each other guarantee where we were at when we first met is 
we're somewhat desperate for love, but mm-hmm. we weren't looking for it because we were like, wow, I'm fucked up. I need to fix my shit. Yeah. I was recording a podcast about my past experiences, which is always like a self-talk therapy for me. You were actively reading self-help books, self-help podcasts. Mm-hmm. So we just naturally, organically found each other through trying to better ourselves. Yeah, I was doing... As, as fucked up as my situation was and the things I was doing were wrong, I, I identified why they were wrong. And I was doing yoga every day. Mm-hmm. I was running every day. While I was running, I was listening to Victor's YouTube videos on numbers and synchronicities. I was listening to your podcast. Like, I was actively Growing. trying to grow while still facing all the shit that I was doing wrong. Yeah. But... Yeah, when you put those masks on of like, nah, I'm not doing nothing wrong. I'm good. I'm going to get dressed up tonight. I'm going to go out. I'm going to swipe left on Bumble or right, whichever mm-hmm. way it is. And I'm going to find my man. I'm going to find my girl. No, you're not. No. No, you're not. No. Do things you love and that's how they find you. Yeah. So one of my favorite questions that I think is important to answer is, what is my relationship to your ex-wife? Because you guys oh, have yeah. two little ones. <clears throat> the boy. Hudson and Layton, three and four. And obviously there is a co-parenting dynamic here. Yeah. So, my relationship to her is... Nothing. I want to say non-existent, but it is. Like, she knows me. We have communicated before. Mm -hmm. She has my number. And there's an open line of communication if she needs to discuss anything about the boys. But I will say with that... Um, we are not two people that would hang out like on our own. No. Nothing, no, not a negative thing. It's not that we don't like each other. It's just like she's into this, I'm into that. Yeah. The, um, my brain is on Venus, her brain is on Mars. And yeah. that's it. And we have, a, I guess, a mutual understanding that is all about the boys. There has been times where she has crossed boundaries and, you know, in the heat of the moment being upset at you has sent me text messages <clears throat> that weren't being mean to me, but trying to get at you through me and I don't play with that I firmly direct my energy into things that bring me joy I live a relatively drama free life because I do not entertain anything or anyone that tries to bring heavy dense energy so no response is a response so when she sends me those things I don't respond Yeah. other than that no we're cool all gravy Yeah. are you okay with that how do you feel about me and her's relationship I am very big on there doesn't need because I think of me and whomever she's with um, marries one day whatever like I don't have to have a relationship with that person I don't expect to have a relationship with them to be honest like but society teaches us we should all be friends and sing kumbaya basketball games yeah I mean and I used to think I used to think that I had to have a friendship or some kind of relationship with her to be best for the boys but that's Mm -hmm. not even the case I don't on an emotional level, I don't even need to have a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. My connection with her is f- simply through the physical 3D form of Leighton and Hudson. Mm-hmm. When it comes to decisions about them, if it's like there doesn't have to be some kind of energy behind them that that is actually an emotion tied to her. So like so many people think, well, I got to be really, really kind to this person. And I have to like ask them how their day is or like, you know... I got to be friends with my ex. Like, no, you don't. No. That's like the analogy we use. Like, if you're at, your, you're at your son's baseball game and you and your ex are sitting together, you fucking hate each other, but you got to you want to sit together because you Guess want the kids to see. Might as well just stay together like, for the kids. Yeah, like, 
let's just sit together, yeah. you know, we hate each other. The, the kids see that. They feel that. Mm-hmm. You want to give them authenticity. You don't mm-hmm. want to fuck them up any more than you already have. I've put plenty of trauma on my two little boys with all my wrongdoings. I don't need to just continue doing the same shit over and over and over and over thinking I'm helping them because I'm not. So I don't even need to have a relationship. So therefore, whatever relationship you want to have that's healthy, that's yours. Like if you want to have zero relationship, emotional connection, and only communicate when it's about, you know, hey, you know, like that time, like, hey, Jordan hasn't answered his phone in a while. Are the boys and them okay? And you're like, yeah, they're good. Lost his phone. Mm-hmm. There's no emotional attachment to that. It mm-hmm. is simply being an adult and answering a question as if it was just mm-hmm. a random person asking something. Mm-hmm. It exactly. doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't need to be an emotional attachment when or friendship. I, yeah. When I finally accepted, okay, I'll date some of the children because this love is huge. And this love, if I were to let my ego say, nope, <clears throat> there's kids involved, it would have been such a shame to throw this away over one thing like that. But I went into it thinking, I want to be her friend. I want to mm-hmm. go out for coffee with her. Maybe and go out for a drink with her. You just want to be friends with everybody, though. I do. <laughs> I do. You do. Everybody is my friend. I know no strangers. And so I didn't look at her any differently. But you There's know, no handbook. There's no handbook. But the, the first ever communication that existed between us was her apologizing for her family coming at me. And I was like, oh, no. Poor possum. This mm-hmm. is not. And I didn't respond. And then we didn't talk for probably a month. And then when it was my turn to meet the boys, I felt so uncomfortable. You know, COVID, the distance, it was really impossible to meet in person like I had wanted to, just so she could get a feel for who I was. Mm-hmm. I would set, I would ask her, <clears throat> what are some boundaries you like? Yeah. But I just thought we had planned on me meeting the boys, and I just felt, like, so squeamish. I was like, I have to set up an open connection, like, an olive branch with her. So mm-hmm. she knows that when her children, because I put myself in her shoes. If my babies went to someone's house with another woman and I don't know her granted you can google me and I'm all over the internet but I was just like what would I want this so I reached out to her and we talked for a little bit and we set some boundaries like I promised her I wouldn't post the boys on my large social media accounts and she really appreciated that so I made it clear that I would never get in between you and hers communication because a lot Mm -hmm. of women in my shoes do because they get jealous and their egos are in the way I will let y'all be on your planet parenting the boys i'm not going to get in the middle of it but i also am not going to entertain drama or pick sides so unfortunately she reached out again when you guys got in a fight i don't hate her she's not blocked it's just i am very firm in my boundaries with both of you that i am here to support the boys yeah and that's it yeah and on my end there has to be a level of respect for you that i'm always setting boundaries Mm -hmm. that are healthy for our relationship um if need be so like i see a lot of people i hear a lot of people like struggling with communication with their ex or the verbiage they use with their ex because they don't want to be mean but they you know they're trying to be nice for the kids or they don't as a man especially like in my situation as most men's are kind of the same like you don't want to really piss off the ex because if you do then she could leverage the kids against you because that's what shitty people do and it's like no like at some point you just have to understand like you know what fuck it i'm gonna set boundaries i'm gonna be firm i'm gonna be true to myself Mm -hmm. and if that means it might affect me seeing my children well then it does i'm sorry and i i'm a firm believer in if it affects me seeing the boys that i set a boundary 
it's actually better for the boys because mm-hmm. that's me upholding my integrity. Yeah. And you can't go wrong if if you're setting boundaries that are healthy and then you uphold your integrity. Like that's what integrity is. Mm-hmm. When you know something's going to affect you and you can't see it, but yet you still stand behind what you believe to be right. Exactly. Yeah. So. And I think for everyone listening to this who's wants to get out of a relationship with children or maybe you're in my shoes, you're <clears> the <throat> the third wheel in the co-parenting situation. I think the first two years are so rocky and muddy and I really, I feel like, I feel a strong sense, like an intuitive knowing that once she gets married, maybe has more kids with someone else or just establishes a relationship in a new family, we have ours that is just going to be gravy. It will be. Maybe I, that's my hope. But. No, I think, so I was, I was going to say like within a year, um, so within a year, I think, or at a year. I think is kind of the threshold if you're setting boundaries. Yes. Like if you're evolving, understanding a little more about you or your partner and your situation, and then set a boundary. Like if you're very firm in setting boundaries or mm-hmm. understanding finally what they are, like I didn't at first, yeah. I think a year. After, after 12 months of this back and forth bullshit, I mm-hmm. think it gets Ironing pretty plateaued. Ironing the kinks. Yeah, and you never know what's going to come up. Like... The silliest thing I can think of is when she texts you at 3 a.m. for diaper rash cream. Yeah. And I was like, okay, on one hand, I understand diaper rashes suck and they keep you all awake. But, like, you're laying next to me and she should know as mom how to do that. And yeah. It's just kind of like, it's so hard for people in my shoes because it's like, do I have the right to be triggered by this? Because it's the kids. It's their well-being. But yeah. then when you think, oh, wait, but it's at 3 a.m. Yeah. And, Yeah. You yeah. Know? So I just say, hey, like this makes me feel uncomfortable. The story I'm telling myself is that it's crossing boundaries or it feels disrespectful to us. What do you think? Yeah. And then on my end, I have to process it and realize like, well, what is neglect and what is like me actually not honoring my relationship? So yeah. like, am I neglecting the boys by not answering a question and helping? Because is it going to actually hurt them because she's not the fucking smartest sometimes or like or is am i giving am i feeding into what she's trying to feed herself so like Uh there's like a there's a bullshit meter Uh you have to have and then you got to stand firm in like in like our relationship if i feel like if you're triggered by something and you feel like there should be a boundary and you give me a reason but then i can explain to you and and give you a good reason why I did something and wasn't Mm -hmm. creating a boundary with it. And like I said, it's like, hey, well, I felt like in this instant I would have been neglecting the boys. Mm -hmm. So I answered this question this way. But again, we're open Mm -hmm. about everything. So it's not like it's not like something's hidden. And then you ask and then I'm like, oh, fuck. Um, Yeah, nothing's hidden because I wouldn't have known about that unless you told me. Yeah. You were like, hey, this feels weird, so I just want to tell you, she did this last night. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that doesn't feel right. So we are very lucky in that we have, it's our foundation of friendship. Yeah. I never meet you with, what, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, thank you for sharing. Well, the story I now tell myself is, da 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 Yeah. And we work through it there. And there's been other little instances of that type of stuff that is making mm-hmm. me feel this way. But one thing I do want to shine a light on in terms of this co-parenting triangle is a lot of people, including myself, for not too long, but a lot of people in my situation feel like we're second place. And 
some people say, of course you are. My, my kids come first and you should come second. No. And so whenever I would feel that way, I was like, it's so hard because I love your boys and I can't wait to be a mom of my own. And I just, I can't imagine how you must feel. I don't know because I'm not a parent. But I would feel those things and it was like, okay, I'm second place. Like even, like people would say stuff, your mom, my mom, other people mm-hmm. would be like, ooh, he's living the best of both worlds. He's got his wife and kids here and then his social media mistress over here and it's like i'm always sloppy seconds yeah fantastic and then you know i made it very clear to you that i want to be a mom one day and we discussed that and i said but my first is your third Mm -hmm. and that kind of fucking blows yeah but you have since very patiently explained it over and over whenever i fall back in that bottomless pit of despair Mm -hmm. of my first child is your third and so it's super special and new for me but it's like around the block Mm-hmm. Pop out another one for you. Mm-hmm. It just, it made me feel shitty. And I've openly said to you with my sad mouth, like, fuck this. I want to go date someone who doesn't have kids so we can experience all of this for the first time together. And it yeah. can feel new to both of us. So what do you always tell me? That, well, first and foremost, if 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 you're thinking that way, like anybody listening, if, if that's in your head too, um, you might be disappointed when it all ends up happening if you make a decision um, with so much control, a little bit of ego, but from a beautiful place. Like, you could have a child with somebody who hasn't had one yet, and it end up being a fucking nightmare. Could be beautiful, could be a nightmare. But you know me. You know me to the core being of who I am. And although I do have Hudson and Leighton, um, they weren't created out of love. They were created out of my Virgo stellium or whatever in my chart just wants to please people. Like, they weren't created out of love. We didn't make love to create them. We didn't um, have a beautiful pregnancy throughout. Like, mm-hmm. when Leighton was born, I had the worst anxiety ever. I lost, like, 30 pounds in three days. You guys days. created them because, like, just like I tried to create one for a month with my ex-husband. It's what you did. You got yeah. married, you bought a house, and that's like, well, I guess we should fill these bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah, Just and it's, do what society teaches you to do. So I'll speak from my side, and anybody who has children can probably understand who's wanting to have more children, maybe with somebody else. Like you, If you haven't created children out of love, it's almost like you haven't created at all. And although these beautiful little boys are here in the 3D, and I love them to death, and I'll do anything in the world for them, they weren't created out of love. So creating a child out of love is a first for me and that's the first for you so yeah beautifully said and i think people can feel your emotion behind those words yeah and so when you explained it that way and i put myself in your shoes because it's somewhat easy for me to having been married and trying to get pregnant with him for a year i can definitely see what you mean and so when you tell me that all those childhood wounds go away and well they don't go away they get lighter and then yeah. I have to you know from then on out it's not your fault it's not your problem yeah. I have to figure that shit out on my own but being with you has been like a master cleanse yeah <laughs> it's just shown me all these subconscious wounds that need to be healed and it's gosh it's so hard when you're going through it clearing those shadows having a dark night of the soul but when i come out of it i feel so light so free 
Um, my best friend and I always talk about this, how we've been afraid of love because commitment means loss of freedom, loss of individuality. But with you, I feel more free than I ever have in my life. Yeah. At the end of the day, I have this beautiful, unconditional love to come home to. And yeah. it's the best feeling in the world. I think, so one of the things I did too that you should probably do if you're in a similar situation or get in the same situation where you have kids, the other doesn't, they, you know, they have a feeling if they want to have a first with somebody who hasn't had children, they want to experience first together. It's like, I would ask myself like, well, am I being selfish by not allowing her to go have a child with somebody? But then when I asked that, I immediately tap back into, I am a beautiful person. And I do everything from an authentic place. And if I feel like I deserve this as well, then I'm not being selfish. I'm mm-hmm. being authentic to to what I feel like I deserve. But at the end of the day, you you're you have your choice to go. Mm-hmm. And let's talk you know, about that because I think from the outside looking in and just societal conditioning, we're taught that, ooh, like when I talk to people, you probably already know this, this is no surprise. When I tell people, yeah, I'm dating someone with two kids, every single time, this is our reaction. Ooh, that sucks. Projection. Oh, all of it. It's projection, but it's also like, wow, that's heavy. And it's like, yeah, it is, but every relationship has something heavy. Ours yeah. is just out in the open in the form of two little beings. Yeah. Um, so people just assume that it's most difficult for the person entering the relationship without children. And fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. But yeah. what you have taught me in listening to you, it's just as hard. Because I have the luxury of being able to say, you know what? This is not for me. Deuces. You're still ball and chain to that really heavy situation. Well, my thing is, is I don't have that choice to use the boys and not use them as an out, but I don't have, again, like you said, they're mine. So regardless of whatever the fuck happens, they're mine. Mm -hmm. And I'm committing to our relationship knowing in the back of my mind that at any moment you could decide to leave because I have children and that's not what you saw as where I don't have any of these, um, you know, conditions in my mind to to our relationship. So it's like, oh, fuck, I got to keep giving unconditionally because if I don't, then why the fuck would she stay? But I, but I have to give unconditionally knowing the reality is like you could one day be like, like, hey, I thought I could, but I can't. And up until that point, if, if you know, God forbid that ever happens in anybody's relationship, like you've got to continue giving 110% unconditionally without the fear of that happening even though it's still in the back of your mind and when i tap into that and put myself in your shoes it would be the absolute most frustrating heartbreak knowing that i lost the love of my life through something i couldn't control yeah yeah most people i think would yeah and most people would start to grow resentment for their kids like some people would grow resentment for the person who left them it's like you just got to give unconditionally and Talk throw your hands in go. the air. So, you know, people who take my side, so to speak, and say, like, God, how do you deal with that? You've got to think about what the partner with the children is going through, too. They have something attached to them that doesn't go away. And at any time, the single person has the luxury 
of leaving. So it is very heavy for me to step into that situation, but it is also very heavy for you because it's like Russian roulette. You just never know. Like if we have the boys for summer break and it's just chaotic and wild and yeah. There's a piece of me, and well, I can't wait for the moment to happen when I become a parent and my level of understanding turns from sympathy into empathy. Yeah. And I feel like that would really solidify my connection to the boys. Like right now, it really feels like I'm a step parent. I'm just like the fun auntie. Yeah. <laughs> but if we were to have a child and that's their sibling, and when they're there, like, it just kind of solidifies the bond. And please don't take this as, go out and have kids and it'll solve all your problems. No. And the co-parenting, do not. Please proceed with caution, move slowly, talk it out, go through every story you're telling yourself, and iron out the wrinkles. Yeah. But, with that said, I have talked to people who were in similar situations, and they took three to five, sometimes ten years, to have a child with that person who already had kids. And they have all said, oh, yeah, all those fears dissolve. Yeah. Because you become a family and you all of a sudden look at those kids like, yes, they are mine. They didn't pop out of me, but they're mine. They're my family. Yeah. So I hold on to that too. But I think both parties, we just have to throw our hands up and say, well, you know what? Love and respect is being served every day. So until it's not, I'll show up. Yeah. And all the other heavy stuff that comes with it, we'll handle when it comes. Yeah. We'll not sit here and worry about it. No. Nope. Jeffrey agrees. So, that's the long-winded answer of my relationship. <laughs> before you, where well, you look at those, like, before you commit to any relationship, this is something I'll tell our children, the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fixing to say nope. a name. Anyways, the, the question or the statement that I'll always leave our children with is, before you commit to something, before you go make love to somebody, before you allow somebody in that space be as for sure as you can fucking be mm-hmm. because life is not a game mm-hmm. people's hearts are not a game mm-hmm. so when you commit to something and you know you're going to commit commit with the intention of committing don't commit with the intention of running so, beautifully said yeah beautifully said so my other favorite question was how does jay feel about having more children when will you guys start trying? We've been practicing for a year and a half or <laughs> however long it's been. It's we answered this question with dates and details on the uh, Friday Energetic Update. Oh, Private. you got to listen. Yes. that's where I'm not kidding when I say that's where we really share yep. things. People who go as far as paying $10 a month to subscribe to that. You guys are the real OGs of Lightworkers Lounge. So if you want to know answers to questions like that, go subscribe. Yep. Click on any Friday Energetic Update and yep. subscribe. So, oh, sex for the first time. Did you talk about it and decide when, or did it just happen? You, this is what Laura is asking. You can't plan it. You can't. You can't. Like, we didn't. It takes, it, it'll take away from the moment if you oh. try to Capricorn it. Like, Let's share our all you, Yeah, all you Virgos and you Capricorns, share your stop planning everything. So I am a Virgo sun, Scorpio moon, Cancer rising. And I have a loaded second house stellium, stellium. Virgo. Like, just crazy amounts of Virgo. But And I'm a Sagittarius with a Scorpio moon. We both got um, Scorpio moon tattoos on us on one of our first Some dates. Some Scorpio moon thing. Yeah, we always do. say, when people ask, what's it like to date a fellow Scorpio moon? Well, you get matching tattoos on your first date. Yeah. <laughs> Solidify the bond. And I'm a Taurus rising. Mm. Hence the velvet voice. Mm. 
But uh, my human design is an emotional <clears throat> manifester, 4-6. And I am a pure AF <laughs> manifesting generator. You don't quit. Never. Yep. You make it worth the dream team. That's a whole other podcast, though. So, Kristen wants to know, when you don't feel attracted to them anymore, what do you do? Ooh. God, I had such a good answer on that one. Um, or I thought it was. When That was how I knew. My, this is maybe TMI. That's how I knew my marriage was up is because I could not have sex. I could not kiss. I could not touch on my last little while. Well, yeah. So, you make, I think I was saying, like, you make your, you make a little list on why you're not attracted to them. And does it lean more towards, well, you're just not really attracted to yourself. Like, you're not really mm-hmm. feeling loved, all, you know, on your end. So, therefore, why the hell would you feel these same emotions on the other end? But, like, I don't know. My Virgo says, make a little list. And That also goes into what Jake talks about, the masculine and feminine energy. Yeah. You lose that polarity, which is, I think, why you are able <clears throat> to still be sexually active, like, all the way up until your divorce. Whereas mine fizzled, like, a year before. Yeah. Got, because I was very masculine. And it, that forced him into his feminine. I think you and your ex had a pretty... Yeah. She was very feminine. You were super masculine. Yeah. So you guys were still sexually attracted to each other. Yeah. Whereas mine was like... Yeah. Because of that. So check your masculine and feminine energy. Yeah, but I would... To see what's up. I wouldn't think that that, you know, just from the outside looking in, if somebody came with that question and I'm a therapist, I wouldn't think like, hey, the relationship is completely over. Uh-uh. Because I've been in the opposite end. I've been on the opposite end where... The chemistry in that sense, the physical is still there, but everything else is gone. gone. The, you know, you're at that point just using a body for an energy dump, which oh. is completely fucked up and wrong. You just said don't do that. Yeah. Well, been there, done that. I own my shit. Like, been <laughs> yeah. there, done that. I was not a perfect person. If no. you think anybody is, All of you us are, have dirty fingers, so if yeah. you're judging us, back up. Yeah. You can't, that's one thing you can't do with me, is like, I don't... Mm-hmm point 30 fingers because no. i own all my I shit like so many people are cringing right now thinking how are they talking about having sex with their past spouses yeah we get asked that a lot like oh, y'all talk oh we we've talked we know about details about each other's sex lives we joke yeah. about it we talk in i mean detail yeah you just seen what we were doing <laughs> we don't we don't talk about these things these turkey dubs. <laughs> we don't talk about these things outside of the walls that we're within so we don't go... How does it not trigger you when I talk about my past penises? Because it's life. <laughs> it, like exactly. literally, like if I think, if I'm naive enough to think that, if my ego wants to say like, well, I better be the best in bed and I better have the biggest <laughs> then you're dick. Not in and love. I, and I, like, yeah, you're not. And if I care that much about the people who have had sexual encounters with you, like, like get the F out. Like, mm-hmm. That's just all ego. Yeah, maybe it's our age, too. Like, we're to the point where it's like, dude, of course you've had sex before. And I'm glad you have, because you perfected your craft for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was just a Scorpio moon. (laughs) But, no, you're human. Like, you've had experiences before. Whenever, if I'd have been 18 and we talked about this, would it have triggered me then? Probably. I was in high school. I was a kid. Right. But, like, I'm a grown-ass man, and I'm not playing games. And I understand you had a life. I had a life. Like. You know, that'd be pointing a dirty finger Mm -hmm. to know that I had sex with other women and to be sitting here and saying like, God, this fucking triggers me that you had sex with other men, like other dicks inside. This is ridiculous. Like, how could she do that? Like, (laughs) we're human. We're human. And we're supposed to have sexual connections with people. Exactly. So So, that's also we, we really lucked out in having the foundation of friendship because 
You know, even at our worst time in our relationship, which is when we confess to the world, hi, we're, uh, I almost said a married couple, Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're an official couple, and, you know, people from your side did not like it. Yeah. People just don't like you happy over no. there. But uh, even when they attacked, they didn't attack me. I don't want to say it like that. They just came at me to try and get to you. And it yeah. was like, I don't want to see this shit in my inbox, my DMs. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But... None of it was really a surprise because you had already painted the picture of who they are. So it was like, oh, I remember this story about you back in January. This is exactly how he when, described you. Oh, what's well, like, okay. That's like somebody, when they came, you know, when people come to you and say, Jordan is a fucking liar. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's already told me every he's reason he's already lied. Like, so... Well, he's a cheater. Well, he yeah, he already <laughs> said that. Well, he's a thief and he's a this. It's like, dude, he's literally I've owned everything in my life. So mm-hmm. like... There is nothing hidden, so say all you want. Like, mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter at this point. Exactly. Because the people who love We're me. Over it. Yep. Yeah. And what we've learned lately is no response is a response or when to set a boundary. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've had to file restraining orders. Yeah. Boundary. Yep. Yeah. People, it, people get blown away when I share things like, oh, yeah, we had to file restraining orders. We've gone through this. There's been moments of that. Because they look at us as like, man, they must have the perfect co-parenting relationship. They must. I will say ours is a lot easier than some others that I've heard of, but. Nothing's perfect. No. Like, we're not. And, and yeah, we put these beautiful things on Instagram about each other, but it's because we've been through hard shit together. Like, and we share the reality. We're not like the we're not like posting pics in Bali and saying we've only ever been in love and it's been so easy like hashtag soulmate. It's only we're only where we're at today because of the shit we've been through. Yep. You want to know about it? Book a ask session with her and ask. Yeah. FZMWA asks, "What is the right way to navigate conflict?" We love the phrase, "The story I'm telling myself right now is because that's all triggers are it's a story you're telling yourself and hopefully you have a very honest open partner who's patient and when they feel they don't feel attacked when your emotions get high because that's a very normal thing to feel anger to feel sadness to feel fear but try your best to sit down and say partner the story I'm telling myself right now is your ex texted you at 3 a.m. for diaper rash cream and that means she still wants to be with you because why do you do that shit at 3 a.m. why not 3 p.m. And so then, can you please yeah. tell me the real truth? Yeah. And then, okay, well, hey, the story I'm telling myself is my child is sitting there hurting in pain because they don't have diaper ash cream. And although I think she's a fucking idiot for not knowing how to Google, <laughs> I'm not going to neglect my children. So there's my answer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I have to give credit to Steve for that, for, for telling me about that that deal because mm-hmm. that is legit one of the best tools that you could use in your relationship, period. Yeah is the story I'm telling myself. Yeah, and just be patient and understand that your partner is going to project at you. The best way to navigate conflict, because no matter who you are and what you're dealing with, you're going to have conflict in your relationship, is to fall in love and get to know your partner's traumas. Yeah. Get so familiar. Play the card game, We're Not Really Strangers, the dating pack or the regular one. Get to know your partner's childhood traumas. You that used, will save you so much. It will. You used to think that whenever I got frantic about things, I was lying. Mm-hmm. But based on my childhood traumas, it was not feeling heard. So I'm trying to forcefully reiterate something that you're not listening to. So I get to a point where I'm like, fast, over talk. Say that, like, just, she's not listening. Keep going, keep going, keep going. But the story you told yourself in those moments, like, well, dude, if you're talking this fast and you're telling me this much stuff, like, 
are you lying to me? And it's like, no, the story I'm telling myself because you, like, literally, the story I'm telling myself with respect. Mm -hmm. And like you said, understanding the other's traumas. Yeah. Fucking key. Absolutely key because now we're to the point where I know, oh, okay, if he's coming at me with this and feeling this type of way, it's because of this happening in his past. Yeah. And I can see what I did to trigger that. So let's discuss. Yeah. Communication, communication, communication. Yes. Just when you think you got perfect communication, you realize you don't. Yep. Patience is a virtue. Yes. I feel like you hear all the Pete and Babs. Pete and Babs are two farmers yeah. we know from South Carolina who are married 70 years. So when we say Pete and Babs, who we're talking about. But couples like that who've been together seven decades, they always say patience. I used to, I used to think couples like Pete and Babs just got to a point where they were like, oh, fuck, fuck it, I just don't care. Shit. But that's not the case. No, they got, they got to a point her. where they understood each other so much that now they don't have to use words whenever their stories are telling each other something. Like Pete knows whenever Babs looks at him a certain way that she's feeling a certain way, and Babs knows whenever Pete looks back. Like they already, they they just know each other so much from communicating for so many years that by a look they can now work through something. With a snap of a finger. Absolutely. It's beautiful. We need more people like that in our life. Talk about yeah. mentors. Yeah. We need to find a couple who's been yeah. together for so long and like go have dinner with them every Sunday. That's been through some shit and has always yeah. loved and Isn't respected that sad? through it. Like, well, I have my aunt and uncle, but I don't talk to them. I don't go see them. Like, I want mentors where I can go have dinner like every Sunday and just be around them. An old couple like Pete and Babs. Yeah. And I will say, I know people ask you too, like, well, when do you know to leave? Like, you have... In the beginning of the relationship, in the middle of the relationship, towards the end of a life of a relationship, yeah. like you have to set very firm boundaries. One of our firm boundaries is cheating. cheating. If you physically cheat or emotionally cheat, vice versa, we're done. There is no, I'm telling myself this story, you're telling yourself <laughs> the story this story. I'm telling myself is you don't love me because you cheated on me. Well, exactly. Proven <laughs> true. See you later. Like, so as long as those firm boundaries are still being respected, like you can work through anything. You can. And that's a really good segue into our next question. So there's about four of these. Navigating separation or divorce with kids, a dog, and we've been together 20 years. There's so many of these. Like, I've got two kids with him. How do I leave? I've got three kids. What do I do? One kid. How do you do it? And do not try and see the whole staircase to reach the top. You're not going to have a perfect custody arrangement. It's just... You said this beautifully last night. Do what you would do if you didn't have kids. First of all, don't stay for the kids. I think this is just becoming more and more popular. Like, you do not stay for the kids because, trust me, as a coach, an intuitive coach who does this weekly, when you stay for the kids, I coach women in their 50s and 60s whose parents stayed for the kids because they were in an even older generation. It fucks them up. Seeing y'all in the kitchen together, seeing y'all in the living room sitting on the couch is not helping them. They feel. Kids are fresh from the other dimension. They feel animosity. Yeah, I think women, you probably, and y'all probably, I know I'm right. A lot of women, I think, want to get out of a marriage or relationship that may have kids. And I think they think that they're trying to navigate around the kids. But what actually a lot of times what I think I see is women feeling like they can't stand on their own two feet financially mm-hmm. without the man. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes, you can. You can. Like, there are ways. What, so the way I said it last night was like, if you're thinking of leaving a relationship because respect has been lost and those hard boundaries have been crossed, you're just trying to navigate it. Take away the kids. Take away the money. If you were filthy rich today and you, you had zero kids, 
what would you do? And I guarantee you off the top of your head, you'd be like, oh shit, well, I would leave. I'd move across the country and buy a house here or maybe just move down the street, rent my own place, have my own space. Like, okay, so do it. Like, if you think you can't, I'm sorry, you can. Like, I... I, There are ways. I grew up on welfare. I had food stamps. And when I did, that was the happiest time of my life with my mama. Because why? Because she went from being miserable and beaten by an alcoholic to happy, free. And she used welfare and got a college degree. So we were on food stamps for probably four years while she finished college. And then after that, we were fine. Yeah. And if you think you can't live somewhere else in a different state and still see your kids, you're wrong. Do you have to bust your ass a little more to make more money? Absolutely. But how bad do you really want your dream Mm -hmm. and to also see your children? Kids are monkey see, monkey do. If they see you settling, not happy, what are they going to grow up and be attracted to? Yeah. People who are not happy. People who are emotionally unavailable. Yeah. Yeah, like... They're watching you and your partner to learn how to choose life partners of their own. Yeah. And life partners dictate your whole life, your career, your sense of joy, your sense of happiness. Then if you're not happy, how, how you feed yourself, your life partner is your life. Yeah. And if you stay for the kids, you guys are going to grow silent animosity towards each other. And then the kids are going to see that. There's no emotions between you two. And they're going to go look for similar life partners. I love that and I live. The cycle continues. I love that I live my life for fucking me. I don't live my life for my mm-hmm. boys. Mm-hmm. I love my boys. I'll always be there for my boys. But mo- like most people would say, you can't live in the Florida Keys and your kids live in Texas. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know what? To and everybody who doesn't know, I flew every fucking other weekend to go see them. Did it cost a lot of money? Yeah. But you know what? I didn't look at it that way because. Mm-hmm. I want to live my life for me and us and our family that we're trying to create. But at the same time, I want to honor and respect and be there for my boys. So does it mean I got to live right down the road? No. If that's not what my dream is, then that's not the life I'm going to live. So did I have to work harder to buy airline tickets every other Mm -hmm. weekend? Yeah. But that's not their problem. That's mine. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. And so what are they going to grow up and be attracted to? Yeah. People who are independent and do things that make them happy. Yeah. Whoa. And still honor and respect the things that they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. What an example. So somebody asked a really good question. They've been cheated on, and they are now projecting their insecurities and their fears of that ever happening again onto a new relationship. How do you get over that? It's hard for the new me, the current me right now to tap back into giving a good explanation mm-hmm. on that because I'm, I'm, I'm a little more of a hard ass nowadays than I, and then I used to be, but it's because of the growth I've gone through. The old me would have literally gotten cheated on and my cancer and all my Virgo would have like, you know, cause I can think about it. I was cheated on by, by my ex, but in those moments in my head, I didn't ever think that I would project onto somebody else. Like I've never projected onto you because of a past like relationship cheating on me you know the girl that I was dating cheated on me before that I was cheated on like but I I think differently of myself now I value mm-hmm. myself now mm-hmm. I put myself maybe higher than I should well, how sometimes did you get over but, it? how did you well in those say like well shit she's gonna cheat on me too because everybody has mm. you've never had zero fear that I would cheat on you no and if there was a boundary that I wanted to set I set it like mm-hmm. I haven't had I haven't had an issue with thinking you were going to cheat on me. Mm-hmm. Because I guess you just get to a certain age where you're like if fuck you if somebody's going to do it they're going to do it. Like Right. 
That's what I would say. You just got to show up the best way you can because if you do that and you unconditionally love, you win. Yeah. Always. You always Whether they win. cheat or not. And that's always. the universe saving you. If they cheat on you, did you... And like well, I was saying last night, you reflect. But also, you don't grieve the loss of that person in their physical body. You're grieving the loss of the vision that you had with them. Yeah. So you had that person. You saw life with them. Actually, this is one of the questions is how do you get over a breakup when you saw your life with that person? Yeah. You're not grieving that person in their body. You are grieving the vision. Yeah. I wanted to have babies with them. I wanted to build a house with them. That's what you're grieving. You yeah. could still get that, though. You can still have babies. You can still build a house and a family with someone. It's just going to, the universe just move that person away so that you can have all that with the right person. You are the perfect example. You had all that. You had the babies. You had the huge mm-hmm. house, but it was hollow. Yeah. All of it was a hollow Easter bunny, chocolate yeah. Easter bunny. You want something solid, something real. Like we were just saying, our child will be your technical emotional first because it's not a hollow love. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. So thank the universe. When somebody cheats on you and it ends, go through your grieving process. It's our ego's gonna say, Ouch, what's wrong with me? Let that come, let that go. But realize the universe just cleared space for you to get exactly what you want. Yeah. And the thing, only thing I would add to it is look at everything as it's your fault in a sense. Not all the way. Oh, yeah, that's but right. But look at everything as it's your fault. Why did they cheat? Fuck it. They're gone. They cheated. They, done, they, they crossed that boundary for you. They lost your respect. So they're gone. But why did they cheat? Were you, not, were you giving, not fulfilling? Yeah, were you not fulfilling a certain need they might have had? Was it actually a need? Was it a want? Was it something that was healthy? Was it not? Make your, make your list in your head of like, what did I do wrong? Not for them. Fuck them. They cheated on you. But for you. So that way, when the next person does come, you're a better version of, mm-hmm. you know, what you were before. Yeah. You're a healthier version. Yeah. In some relationships, they just don't communicate what they need. And so they're silent about it. And so uh, maybe the person who cheated has been festering on, like, man, I wish I had more physical touch in my relationship. Or, man, I wish you would stop bickering so much. That shit's annoying. Yeah. And so they go out and they find someone who doesn't bicker and who touches and rubs their neck more. Yeah. And then, boom, there you go. So the issue could just be communication. But... Then that begs the question, why are you attracted to someone who doesn't speak? Yeah. Are you not asking questions? Are you not being mm-hmm. open with your communication? So, again, you always win and you always grow. If in any situation in life yourself. you look at how is it my fault in this situation, take ownership, adjust, and grow. And I guarantee you always win. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, a lot of people are just asking. I want a loving relationship that I'm not chasing. I want a loving relationship, but every time I get in one, he's seeing someone else. <laughs> How do you not actively search for love? You pour all that time and that energy and that scrolling into yourself, like we were just saying in the beginning. Read a book, go to a dog park, become, go to a pottery class. Become who do- you want to attract. <laughs> yeah. It's simple. You become Ooh. who you want to attract. If you want to attract a wholesome person, then do wholesome things. If you want to attract a fucking very smart and sophisticated person becomes smart and sophisticated like who are you in in your most authentic form become the most authentic form of who you are and i guarantee you you'll attract they come. a very authentic person mm-hmm. we met when both of us were on these fast tracks to growth and that's really been the theme of our relationship it's just growth growth i mean weekly mm-hmm. we become brand new people shedding yeah. that layer of skin it's beautiful it's not for the weak hearted but it's beautiful yeah only our Scorpio moons can handle it. 
Yeah, we always say, even if you and I were to part ways tomorrow, the amount of growth that both of us had, oh, the best like gift there would in be, the world. there would be an ungodly amount of gratitude for you, for myself, and like, yeah, it would just be. I would look at it as like, oh my god, there was so much fucking growth. Like, yeah, yeah. I like grieve, I, but. I, of course, I think of the worst case scenario, which is if you cheated on me, and I would cry, I would grieve, I'd be pissed, I'd flip out, have my ego tantrum. Yeah. But then once that dust settled, I really would. I'd probably be your friend or talk to you, or even if I didn't, I would just always think of you with gratitude. Yeah. I would never try to sabotage your next relationships at all because yeah. of all the growth and the support that you've given me. Yeah. We're lucky in the sense that we're so open and we have a foundation of friendship for almost a year yeah. in that we've both been in sticky cheating situations. Yeah. So we actively tell each other like, hey, if I'm ever feeling disconnected and I'm out at a bar or wherever I'm at and I look at someone and I think, oh shit, I want to go talk to them. Or yeah. maybe it's a DM from someone I want to talk to. We're going to come to the other and say, listen, I'm feeling disconnected here. Yeah. And I'm feeling like I want to talk to someone else. Yeah. If that energy is ever, ever, ever... Don't hide it. No. Like, take it from us. Don't hide shit. It's not worth... The juice is not worth the squeeze. No. You could, you could actually grow it's through that good. and still be in a much healthier relationship than if you were just a hush-hush and... Oh, God. Like, I, it would none. break my heart if you came to me and said that, but then I would be like, whoa, mad respect. Yeah. And then I would ask, like we just said, what, what have I been doing? Have I not been touching you enough? Have I not been listening intently enough? Yeah. Where did our so, communication fall yeah. off? This girl asks, how was the transition from being just friends to being friends in a relationship? I love this because we have this saying of, okay, best friend hat is on. You're really fucking up right now. Because remember what we said, um, boyfriend and girlfriend, baby J and SP, can trigger the shit out of each other. But yeah. best friend, baby J and SP, can't. Yeah. So we have this saying where we're like, okay, taking the boyfriend hat off, putting the friend hat on. Yeah. Let me talk to you. Yeah. And it really helps. It sounds funny, but it does. Yeah. Something switches. Yeah, to be able to tap in and out, it's actually yeah. a fucking blessing. Yeah. How to have the courage to leave a marriage with two small kitties. That's all you, baby Jay. <laughs> That's tough. How to have the courage to leave a marriage with two small kids. It took you a while because yeah. we were dating while you were still living with them. We yeah. didn't bring that up. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are now, their jaws are on the floor going, what? Yeah. But again, I was his best friend and knew what he was doing, knew how he felt. And also, I knew everything about his ex and why he would want to still be there. And yeah. There's just so many things we're not going to go into details about because it really doesn't matter. But it's, I, I take this away. I you, can just imagine how hard it is. You have to be willing to understand that you like you just have to let the universe do its thing like you can't protect them all the time you can't they have their own life path um if you know what do you hard. want them to see do you want them to see yeah. you and your partner in love dancing around the kitchen do you want them to see you and your partner kissing on the couch oh, or God. do you want them to see fighting bickering cold shoulders if not i could saying hi when you get home from work if i could play a video for people of you know, the look on Hudson or Layton's face watching us dance or watching us sing or watching us kiss or show affection and to see what they used to see when they were around me and my ex, basically nothing. Like, 
to be able to watch that as a parent and look over and see Leighton's eyes bigger than I've ever seen them. In that moment, you're like, wow. Yeah, that's, that's what I didn't know was possible, but what was hoping for. But to actually see the fruits of that labor in a sense, like it's like, oh my God. Was it worth like, it? How did I, but it is, it's, oh God, absolutely. But it's hard. It's hard to, you know, like the, the Ed Milet thing, like it's hard for a race car driver to drive through a wreck and all they see is smoke and they have to trust that what is on the other side is going to be okay. You, I can't fast forward you to leaving and show you all the beautiful things. If I could, fuck, we'd do it for everyone, right? Like if I had a remote and I could say, hey, look, look, this is what it's going to look like. This is that beautiful moment your child's going to get just to see. Get through the smoke. But I promise you just got to get through the smoke. It's so hard so hard like I was there I I get it trust me but I can speak from my experience and as hard as it was to muster up the courage to make decisions and make moves and do what was best for me thinking it wasn't best for them like I'm not gonna wake up to them every morning I'm not gonna be able to take them up to the bath every night just trust me seeing your child excited about something they would have never been excited about to see them loving on somebody that you would have never imagined like trust me it's worth it it is worth it you don't you have the courage you just gotta and now you have fear you it's not yeah it's not <laughs> it's not a it's not that you need the courage it's that you need to push out the fear like mm-hmm. push past the fear of thinking all the negative shit you're thinking and just focus on yourself because i promise you when they see you happy oh you'll see a level of love and happiness in them mm-hmm. that you never even imagined and not only do they see love, authentic love when you leave, but if you can, if you're lucky enough to have a co-parenting partner where there's just no relationship because you know that if there is one, it'll be a high chance of conflict or he's at the door. Oh. Like how beautiful is it that if we just keep our co-parenting relationship with her the way it is, the mm-hmm. boys are going to learn conflict resolution. They're going to learn that you don't have to fight. You don't have to bicker. You don't have to yeah. scream. You can be friends with them, of course, that's one option. Or you can just say, okay, I don't resonate with this person, carry on. Yeah. There doesn't have to be animosity. So we're showing them not just unconditional love, but major conflict resolution skills for when they're older. Yeah, absolutely. They deserve that. Absolutely. We want them to have great life partners that encourage their dreams and talk to them. And this is the next question from Angie Lynn keeping internal issues from projecting onto partner you don't you project them pour them on your partner but you add a phrase the story i'm telling myself or hey i may be projecting right now but can i please share how i'm so triggered literally preface those tough conversations with phrases like that to let your partner know hey i'm about to blow up and it could be me projecting because i was abandoned as a kid but just let me talk right doesn't it kind of soften the blow yeah add a yeah, at, preface it for sure. Mm-hmm. Preface it'll soften the blow. If you can't soften the blow, then you need to be the person on the backside that that adds this phrase. I understand. Like if you literally speak the words, like if you're triggered as fuck and you came at me with something and I'm like, oh God, fuck her. I just want to tell her what mm-hmm. I think. It's funny what happens if you add some words in like, okay, but before I tell her, screw her, I'm going to say, I understand. So what? those words, like I understand. Oh shit. I'm actually kind of understanding now. Those words, but also remember what our most recent relationship revelation is, is I was triggered by whenever I would say, just get frustrated and say, baby Jay, I can't do this. It's so hard to be in a relationship with kids. And you would say, 
well, I understand, but if I were in your shoes, it wouldn't be that hard for me. Like, I would do this, I would do that. And it's like, oh, no, it's not what I want to hear. I don't want to hear I understand. What I really wanted to hear from you was, I don't understand. I've never dated someone with children, nor if we stay together, nor will I ever. So I can imagine what you're going through is so difficult and hard on your heart. So please let me know how I can soften this blow or how I can be there for you because I don't understand what it's like. I think what made that hard for me was I am a generator. I have an Aries North I think six fix. And yeah. It's sexy as fuck to me when someone says, I don't know what that's like. Yeah. I'm here for you. I, I won't, I'll be, I'll have your back, but I have no idea what that's like. I'm yeah. sorry. I love that honesty. Well, yeah. So, the, so I was just looking at it the wrong way. I understand me. I understand how I handle every situation, but at the same time, we're not talking about me handling the situation. Ballsy to say I know how you don't until you're in it. You can project and say I yeah. know me, but just I think of myself. I've been the same way. Like I know me. I'm very rude in who I am, but you don't. I did not look at me. I said I would never date someone with kids. Hard no. And here I am. I love it. I love holidays with them. I love everything. I, I what? Think, <laughs> I think I've been forced to show up in so many situations in life, like physically that I think I understand myself on on very deep levels like mm-hmm. I know that when everyone says you can't run 100 miles and I've never done it before I fucking do it yeah I know that when someone says you don't know or can't do this I do it when people when I was younger were like there's no way you can hit seven home runs in a year it's impossible I fucking did it so it's, I've been it's humility though. I yeah, love oh, humility yeah. in people. People saying, I don't know. That's tough. I don't but know, I, man. But that's a part of it. Knowing yourself enough to know that whether or not you know how you would feel and unhandle a situation is completely different than me understanding your eyes and your emotions and your shoes. I'll never understand you yeah. in in that yeah. facet. Like well, that's so been I don't. a huge one for us is you saying when I have my breakdowns like, Man, I don't know what it's like to date someone with kids. Yeah. I'm here for you, though, in whatever way. Oh, that just, like, lifts a boulder off of my shoulders to hear you say that. So, yes, I do agree. Sometimes say I understand when people are projecting or sharing triggers, but sometimes saying I don't understand, but I'm not going anywhere. I would just say I understand that I don't understand. Oh, God. There you go. (laughs) It's kind of like when you look at people with ALS or cancer or my brother with epilepsy, and it's like, man, I don't, I know, if I had epilepsy, Ben, I know what I would do, and I would do this. Yeah. When in reality, I don't. Yeah. I have no clue when something that heavy hits you. Yeah. I love humility in that. So, the sun is going down here in Fort Worth. Yeah. Oh, wait. Can I ask one more question? Do it. Susie says, how to let someone go for good? It's been a year, and it feels like yesterday. Don't lord. How do you... I would look internally and think, was I codependent on this person? It's perfectly okay to miss someone. Yeah. But to not be able to date or to, like, they still run your thoughts. Or to let them go five or six times. I would say, why am I so dependent on them to feel good? Yeah. To feel okay. Yeah. Again, I've been there. I had I had my of stint We've all of... Been there. Four months not knowing Break how to Break up, let. go back together. Yeah, Break like, up, go back together. Yeah. But yeah. I think, I guess mine was respect was lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't. 
That's a tough yeah, one. Yeah, it is a tough one. And I will say full moons, like this full moon in Libra we're recording on, they shine a subconscious light in our closet. So if you are listening to this, it's okay to think of past people, especially during Mercury retrograde. It's okay to think of these people, but just allow it and then let it go. Focus your energy on you. Okay, I had to take a break to go <laughs> fetch the doggy. We're back, and we are sitting on a deck in front of a lake. I don't even know what lake this is. Me neither. But we are west of Fort Worth, Texas, where we have absolutely fallen in love. Shout out to our Dallas-Fort Worth listeners. This place is dope. Yeah. And we're going to go inside because the sun has officially set. I hope you guys have enjoyed the background noises, and I hope wherever you are listening to this, it feels like you're sitting at this table overlooking a lake. And the city lights and this beautiful sunset to our right. Thank you guys for listening with open ears, open hearts, non-judgmental. You guys are seriously the best podcast audience ever. I do not get hate mail at all. It's lovely. And you guys are family to us. Thank you for supporting me and growing Lightworkers Lounge into the community it is. Because if it weren't for you growing it so big... I may not have ever met yeah. the love of my life. Literally, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Holy shit. A girl from New Hampshire and a guy from Texas. Yeah. Here we are about to go share a yummy meal together, and mm. who knows what our happily ever after will look like. But we appreciate you guys. Thank you for sending in the questions. You can find me on Instagram at Stephanie's underscore destiny. You can find me at Jordan underscore Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. We love you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see y'all next Wednesday in our Friday Energetic Update. Premium plan subscribers, we'll see you on Friday. Sending love. Fort Worth, Dallas. I, I almost said tell your Dallas, Fort Worth. I don't. Or, do we even know what time zone we're in? Probably not. Central. Living in a motorhome is fun. Yeah. <laughs> bye, guys. Bye-bye. Mountains, I wandered through the trees for her.